Psalm 23, short chapter here. Psalm of David says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Catch verse 4, And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, turn to your neighbor and say, surely. Not surely, surely. I don't know who surely is. But goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let us pray. God, we come before you tonight. We thank you for the presence and the spirit of, uh, that we feel of your Holy Spirit in this house. And Lord, we ask that your word go forth in the anointing in which it was written by the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. You may be seated. Let me read verse 4 and verse 5 for you one more time. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. Amen. Very very familiar portion of Scripture to many of you that have been raised in church. You will, many of you could even quote this. And I will tell you, if you cannot quote this, learn to quote it. It's something that will get you through difficult times in your life. But I want you to hear me tonight. I, 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 just, want to, I just want to share my heart. Because I feel like the Lord has sent me here not just to feel uh, a, a duty... Because I think so often we mistake that Pastor Jade and Pastor Ronnie are just going to be there on Sunday and Wednesday because it's their duty. It's way more than that. I wish I could tell you of the times, and Pastor wishes he could tell you of the times and the hours that are spent in prayer and in the Word, preparing for your ears to hear it. And I know that I know that I'm here to encourage someone tonight. The Bible tells us this psalm of David, it, 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 it is a powerful psalm, but the Bible tells us of many great men and women of the faith. One of these great men specifically is the man that we know as Saul, which became the Apostle Paul. The Bible tells us that Saul was a man that persecuted believers, but through an amazing experience on the road to Damascus, he is converted. 
He is baptized. He is filled with the Holy Spirit. And He is healed. We find that He begins to evangelize to the Gentiles and begins to spread churches all throughout the known world at that time. And many of you know this. I'm not preaching anything new to you. And You may be wondering how this will tie together. We'll get there shortly. But the Bible tells us near the end of Paul's life that as he was before the king of Agrippa, still in the, 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 the Judean area, he asked to, for an appeal to Rome, to Caesar, because his father had Roman citizenship. He had the right to appeal to Caesar. So therefore, Agrippa says, listen, pretty much I was going to let you go. For even though he preached the gospel and healed and saved and led, led people to the Lord, he said, I was going to let you go, but since you appealed to Rome, I have to send you to Rome. You say, where is this going? Just, just turn to your neighbor say, buckle in, stay seated. He's going somewhere. But we find that what begins to take place is that Paul is sent on a journey to Rome. We find in Acts chapter 27 that on his way to Rome, Listen, and here's the, here's the thing, is you'll find in chapter 27 that God told him that he was going to make it to Rome, that he was going to stand before Caesar. He was, if you catch this with me, TJ, he was in the will of God. He was in the will of God. He was doing what God had ordained and anointed him to do. He was on his way to Rome. But what began to happen is really a typhoon or a hurricane in the sea that he found himself in. And, and for multiple days, the, him and the, 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 the prisoners and, and the soldiers on the ship are tossed to and fro, to and fro. And he's still encouraging them, saying, listen, we're going to make it out of this. Uh, we're going to make it out of this. But then uh, they find an island, the island of Malta, and they crash into a reef. And, and they're hanging on the pieces of this boat. And, and they wash up on shore. But catch this. He's going through all, all this tough stuff uh, and he's in the will of God. He gets on shore and you think, okay, he's saved. It's, it's all right now. But the Bible tells us uh, that they begin to build fires for these men and, and they begin to build these fires so they can warm up from the, the cold water. And, and as Paul is gathering uh, sticks that a snake latches onto him, a very venomous snake latches onto him, he shakes it off into the fire. All this is happening in God's will. So what, 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 what do you mean all this is taking place? What, where are you trying to get? I want you to hear me tonight. I really want you to hear my heart uh, because uh, I, I want you to understand that Jesus said it this way. He said, uh, I don't, 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 don't think that you will get through life without tribulation. He says it in John 16. Uh, he says, in this life you will have tribulation. But do not fear because I have overcome the world. In this life, you are going to have difficult situations to face. And just because you're a believer in Christ doesn't mean that we are exempt from those things. You say, well, I know this preacher, but I'm here to encourage you tonight because you may have pain, but in the middle of your pain, you can experience His power. We're going somewhere tonight. 
in the middle of your pain, in the middle of what you think will be a never-ending storm, I want you to hear this, that you can experience a moving of His Spirit, a Holy Ghost outpouring in your life. You say, how? How? I, 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 I want to emphasize uh, some things in Scripture tonight. The Bible tells us uh, in James uh, to count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, uh, knowing this, that the trying of your faith uh, worketh patience. You say, why is all this, this junk uh, coming into my life? Uh, why do I feel lethargic? Uh, why do I feel lukewarm? Uh, why do I feel distant? Uh, why, why does this, why, why, why do I, I feel depressed? Uh, why do I feel stressed? Uh, I want you to know this tonight, uh, that, that there is something greater at work uh, than the pain that you may find yourself in. Sister Sarah said it Sunday more or less to sum it up uh, that your pain is not meaningless. Uh, Your hurts, uh, your emotional wounds, uh, your spiritual wounds, uh, your physical wounds. uh, I want you to hear, they are doing something. There is something beyond your pain. There's something beyond your suffering. There's something beyond what you feel. Hear me tonight, if we went off how we feel, I wouldn't preach if I I went off how I felt. There's days, Brother Wade, you just don't feel like it. But listen, I'm not called to do what I feel. I'm called to declare what I know. And here's what I know. I may go through hard times. I may go through valleys. I may be up on mountains. I may go through diverse temptations. I may go through diverse tribulation. But my God is still able to deliver me out of them all. He is able to deliver me out of them all. That that pain, uh, that suffering, uh, the situation that you may find yourself in. Paul uh, was seeking God. He was praying. He he was reading the prophets. He was was ministering uh, to churches. He was preaching uh, throughout the world. And and, and, and in the middle of all this crusades, uh, in the middle of of all this healing, uh, of all this salvation, uh, he finds himself in tribulation. He finds himself in a difficult situation. Many of us would have been sitting on that beach saying, God, why did the boat crash? Why did my life fall apart? Anybody ever done that? God, why did they say that? Why did did they do that? Why did they betray my trust? Why did they hurt me? Why why did they abuse me? God, why? 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 You never see Paul sitting there saying, God, I'm, I'm ready to give up on you. Hear me tonight. I'm human. We we ask these questions. But our, the problem in our society is people ask these questions, uh, but they go to the world for their answers. If you would ask these questions and then go to the Word of God, you'll find uh, that even in the midst of your valley of the shadow of death, uh, that He is still with you, uh, that He is still able to comfort you. 
Paul is in the will of God. God's supposed to just always just deliver and deliver and deliver. But he finds himself not only in a shipwreck, but now he's bitten. Understand, I, I really feel like the Lord just wanted me to say this out loud. The weather is something out of our control. Listen, there are things in our life that we cannot control. And there's things in our life that happen to us that we do not understand. But I want you to understand this tonight. Uh, that maybe we may, we may not understand them, but God is still working in the middle of them. But then you have this snake, and this snake is an attack from the enemy. The Bible tells us in the beginning that he was a serpent that appeared to Adam and Eve. So we fight a war on two fronts. We fight against fleshly things, things that we cannot seem to control uh, and we fight the attacks uh, of the enemy Paul is dealing with these situations he, he, he has them uh, happening to him but here's what begins to happen is he's on this island and after he's bitten by the snake uh, people say well maybe he's a murderer thought he escaped the shipwreck but fate has saw otherwise he's going to die but it says after a certain time uh, that they began to look at him not as a murderer but as a God. He wasn't a God, but he served a God. Understand this tonight. Paul was going through some tests, but how he went through the test became a testimony to those around him. Because then people began to say, there is something about that man. There is something different about him. He finds himself eating with the governor of this small island. And he finds out that the governor of this island has a sick father. He goes in, he prays for him, lays hands on him. He is healed. But then when this is noised abroad, what begins to happen is people begin to bring all their sick to him. And they be he begins to lay hands on them and see them healed. You say, what are you saying? I'm telling you this, that you have pain, but God still has power to use you despite of the pain that you find yourself in because understand if he's never shipwrecked he's never on Malta and if the state never bites him then he's never given an open door to minister Paul on the outside it looked like Paul was derailed but he was right where he needed to be and he found himself in the middle of a move of God found himself in the middle of a move of God. When it felt like uh, maybe uh, uh, he never gave voice to it, but maybe in his mind uh, he says, well, this was derailed. This didn't work. Anybody ever feel like you were in a season of your life where nothing worked? Come on. Let's be honest. Let's talk a little bit. I've been in seasons of my life uh, where I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and you know what? And I failed and I failed and I failed and I failed and I tried to do things for my family and I failed and I tried to do things for my family and I failed. I tried to be strong and I failed. I tried to lead and I failed. 
And the whole time I'm questioning myself. God, are you really calling me? Are, are you really using me? God, do you even care? Do you even know what I'm going through? And the whole, the whole time I'm dealing with all this junk. Uh, the enemy's coming after me. Uh, he's coming after my mind. He's coming after my family. He's coming after my joy. He's coming after my peace. Uh, he's coming after my strength. Uh, he's coming after everything uh, that the Lord has given to me. And I, I want you to understand all these things. But yet, uh, I find myself uh, daily uh, getting closer and closer to the Lord and I will tell you this I may have had pain but in the middle of my pain I can say I have experienced his power his joy his peace his strength I wish you could understand what I'm telling you tonight you've been through some junk you've been through some stuff but I want you to know it was not meaningless it is opening up a door for his power to be displayed in your life it is opening up a door for his power to be displayed in your life see what happens in the American church is when we start to go through hell and hell starts to break out in our lives we let it define us listen I I tell you we give the devil a lot of credit well the enemy the enemy the enemy the enemy, the enemy, the enemy. Listen, the enemy's defeated. It's us. We give him power by saying, oh, the enemy and the enemy. And the, I listen, the enemy's been gunning for me since the day I was born. And it won't stop till the day I die. But here's the fact. The enemy has no power because Jesus is in my life. So here's the deal. If the enemy's attacking, it's because I've given him the availability to attack. I've let my guard down. I'm human. I've done it. But we let hell define us. And here, here, I've I, I preached about it before. I ain't preaching anything new. But what sets in is a victim mentality. I preach all day about this. Because ain't nothing fires me up more than a victim. Well, well, you should have heard what they said and you should have seen what they did. and You weren't there. I, I understand there's things that I, I may not be able to relate that you've been through. I understand there's things that I don't understand. But here's the problem. We let what hell puts us through define us. But what God wants it to do is refine us. We let it define who we are. We let it define how we act. We let it define how we worship. Well, I had a bad day. I can't worship. Listen, it doesn't matter. They're around the throne 24-7, 365, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. If they don't have an excuse to ever stop, I don't have an excuse to ever stop. It doesn't matter what my day's like. doesn't matter what my month's like. doesn't matter what my marriage is like. Doesn't matter what's going on outside. I'll lift my hands. I'll lift my head. And I'll say, I'll praise you anyway. Because hell does not define who I am. It's just making me stronger. It does not define me. It refines me. Hear me. You don't build muscle without resistance. I could use a little more resistance, I know. 
You don't build muscle without resistance. And it is no different in your spiritual life. The resistance, all this stuff happening to Paul was pushing him towards an outpouring of God's Spirit. He knew what the goal was. He knew what the promise was. He said, listen, he stood up on the boat, said, we're making it to Rome. God already told me we're going to make it to Rome. I'm going to stand before Caesar. He already knew. He had faith in the process. Listen, he said, I know I may be going through these situations, but it's doing some work in my life. It's building my faith. Don't let situations tear down your faith. Let it build up your faith. Paul's going through these things. And it pushed him towards an outpouring of God's Spirit. I think it's about time we start looking at the situations in our life and saying, you know what, this is not here to defeat me. It thinks it's going to defeat me, but it's actually, it is rocket fuel for me and it is propelling me towards whatever God has for me. See, the Bible tells us Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 16. He says, deny yourself. Pick up your cross. and Follow me. You say, how did you go from that to that? How is that encouraging? I want you to know that I've heard this preached so aggressively and so hard all my life. Pick up your cross. Pick up your cross. Pick up your cross. And do you realize that is one of the most encouraging portions of Scripture in the Bible? You say, what do you mean? Jesus said, pick up your cross. What did Jesus go on to do? He picked up His cross. Our cross, really. And what happened? He goes to a place and He dies. You say, how is that good news? He dies knowing. He goes through the tribulation knowing. He goes through the persecution knowing that death cannot hold him. You say, how how is that encouraging? I want you to know when he says, pick up your cross and follow me, you better believe if you're going to pick up your cross and follow him, there's revival. Because when he died and he went into the tomb, he came out three days later and we're about to celebrate it Resurrection Sunday. He came out, he was revived because he picked up his cross. And the same thing, the same principle that he showed us in his life is the same principle he was trying to teach the disciples. If you will pick up your cross, you will experience hard times, difficult times, but you will also experience revival. I thought I would get one amen on that, but that's all right. That's all right. Because understand this. We say, oh, this is the burden, the burden. I want you to know, it is not easy being a Christian. It is not easy being a human. It ain't easy. I always tell myself a joke. I said, Adam and Eve are in solitary confinement in heaven because they ruined it for everybody. Nobody's allowed to see them. They ain't allowed to see nobody else. 
Being human isn't easy. But if we will pick up our cross and say, I'll go after you. Revival is what is promised. They'll come to the music tonight. You see, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, it tells us a lot of different things. But something specifically tells us, it says, through the Spirit mortify the deeds of your flesh. You say, oh, that sounds awful. Yeah, we've got to die to ourselves. We've got to die to our will. That's why the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of, your, uh, of God, that you lay your, your lives down as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it goes on to pretty much say, so you know the good, acceptable will of God and perfect will of God. And you've heard me say this a hundred times, and I'll say this till the day I die. The problem is, is we in the church, we want to we transform mind, but we don't want to lay down life. You don't get verse 2. Be not conformed to this world and be you transformed. You don't get transformation without verse 1 where you lay your life down. You don't get revival without death. It's impossible. You say, what? That sounds so awful. No, it's encouraging. Because you don't even know that, as I said earlier, hell, when it comes against you, it's refining you. When the things of this world come against you, they're refining you. And they don't even realize uh, that if you're walking wholeheartedly with Jesus and you're pursuing Him, it is, it is knocking your flesh off of you. Because you're learning not to have a fleshly mentality, but a spiritual mentality. But Romans 8 doesn't just say, mortify the deeds of your flesh. It says in verse number 11, it says, if the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead dwell in you, it shall quicken. That word in the Greek means energize your mortal body. Leonard Ravenhill said it this way. He said, the church in America and England has never been more prosperous than it is now but it's never had as less power. So I thought this was supposed to be encouraging. I'm trying to tell you, you've got to stop walking according to the flesh because the flesh says you're not going to make it. The flesh says, oh, the fear and anxiety is coming. The flesh says, oh, when will it ever end? But the Spirit's saying, oh, this is leading to an opportunity. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. Do you realize that I have ministered to more people effectively, I believe effectively, in the middle of pain than, and then in the middle of prosperity? Because the problem is in the middle of prosperity, we forget that God gave us everything. But in the middle of the pain, we remember that God is the one that gives and takes away. You know my testimony. I would not be here today if my mother did not pass away. I can say that with a surety. I went to church and I was a pew sitter. I'd play the drums, but I'd sit right in that pew. I'd get a good service, whoo, cry, but I sat in that pew.
But in the middle of my pain is when I experience God's greatest power. Why do you think, why do you think Paul says in Philippians to know him in the power of his resurrection? But in Galatians, he says, I am crucified with Christ. Because if you are crucified with Christ, then you can know Him in the, power of your, in the power of His resurrection. When I began to lay my life down is when I found it. Listen. Y'all know me. Y'all know my family. But you want to know what strengthened mine and Sierra's marriage more than anything? is pain. You know what strengthened my faith more than anything? It's pain. And you said, that sounds awful. Oh, no, 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 no. You see, because we look at it all wrong. You read Psalms 23. Let's read it. Verse 1. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Oh, it's beautiful. It's awesome. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Oh, it's amazing. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. It's beautiful. But then he gets to verse 4 and 5 and he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You know why David could write such a thing under the unction of the Holy Spirit? It's pain. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. In my darkest times, Brother Dan, I've never felt God so close. He said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. But catch what he says in verse 5. Let me paraphrase this just so you can understand this. Not in the King James English, but in Jade's English. He says, you have prepared a table for me in the presence of those who hate me. Anybody find this? The, the contradiction... It seems the oxymoron. He said, you put me in the middle of my enemies. Listen, we sing good, good father. He is. But a good father knows how to parent, right? I remember the first time I ever preached in front of anybody. I went to my dad for advice. He asked me, you know, some of my notes. And I told him, it's okay. And he got up and he was walking out. I said, you ain't going to tell me nothing else. He said, learn, grow. He put me in a situation that I was uncomfortable with because it built me up. I had to learn. There's a time where your kids crawl, but you teach them to walk and you let go.
And David said, God, you put a table for me in the presence of my enemies. But then he says, but you've anointed me with oil. And my cup runneth over. Runneth over in the Hebrew. Originally it means satisfied. But if you take it all the way back to its root meaning, it means to be drenched. Say, where are you going with all this? Saul was walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And when he got on shore, when he thought maybe it would all be over, there the enemy was. But it didn't change the fact. Like David said in Psalm 23, it didn't change the fact. Paul knew who he was. He wasn't arrogant. He was confident in who he was. And he knew that God has anointed my life. And that through all this turmoil, God will open a door. And I will see a move of God. I will pick up my cross, but I will see revival. I will lay down my life, but I will see transformation. I've went too long tonight. Stand with me. We know what the Bible says. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, I've come to give you life. Life more abundant. I'll just can I be very, very transparent with you tonight? I, I, I don't know what it is. The Lord knows what it is. But I feel such a heaviness. I feel such a heaviness in this room. I don't know what it is, and it could just be me. You can just think I'm crazy. That's all right. I am. I know I am. I ain't here to impress anybody. But there is someone in this room. You're trying everything within you to try to tell yourself that this message was not for you. You're trying to tell yourself, no, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Listen, it's okay to admit that you're going through some stuff. They wrote about it for Paul. He went through some stuff. But in the middle of all that, the anointing still moved. And I'm here to tell you tonight, this this message was absolutely for you because God wants you to know that He still has a call for your life. He still has a purpose for your life. He still loves you. He still is with you. And you're hurt and you're wounded deeply. And you've been carrying it around for a long, long time. Lay it down. 
Don't carry what you're not meant to carry. Because God's saying, I have an open door before you. And it's new things. And it's, and it's spirit-filled things. And I, I want to take you to places in me that you've never been before. But you've got to lay it down. Don't sit on the boat. Paul could have sat on the beach and said, why, why, why? Don't, don't sit and say, why, why, why? Just trust that God is making a way when there seems to be no way. We see these obstacles as detours, but we don't understand that they're the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. They're not detours. They're Holy Ghost setups if we allow them to be. So please, don't feel heavy. But come, lay it down. If there's a sickness, if there's an ailment in your body, lay it down. God, I'm going to stop worrying about it. I, listen, y'all, we got too much to do for the kingdom to worry about what's going on in, in the world. But if you're here tonight and you just say, I, I want to experience that, that, that move of God's Spirit in my life, I just want you to come. If you're here and you need prayer for your body, I want you to come. You may say, I'm experiencing pain, emotional pain, spiritual pain, hurt, neglect, uh, maybe physical pain. Listen, that's why we have Jesus. Cast your cares on Him. His burdens are light. His yoke is easy. So don't let the atmosphere dictate to you, but dictate to the atmosphere. God is working all things for the good of them that are called according to, that love Him and are called according to His purpose. So these altars are open tonight. Come. Come. Don't be heavy. Don't be wounded. Don't feel like you're damaged goods. You're not. There's a purpose in your pain. There's a purpose in your pain. So come tonight. These altars are open. I'm getting Hello out of everybody. the Everybody, Pastor Ron coming to you again. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that the word was a blessing to you. And today, before we say goodbye, I just want to encourage you. If you have not yet put your faith and trust in the Lord, that this would be a time that you would do so. I'd also say to you, if you're going through a very difficult or trying season, know this, God is faithful. He loves you. We love you. And we just say to you today that He is still able to do exceedingly abundantly what we could ever ask or think. So I speak blessings over you and your family. Thank you for joining us today.